Hey folks, it's the Friday show. <laughs> Welcome to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And today on the show, I'm going to be answering a couple of the questions that I had last week. Last week when I was talking about uh, the DC fandom and some of the, the projects that were coming to or, or from DC, uh, I didn't really have a good knowledge set on like where those characters came from. And a lot of the times when we're talking about these characters, uh, you know, the, the superhero uh, comic book movie characters, I've got a pretty good idea where they're coming from. And when I don't, I make sure that I go to the wiki and, and find out where they're coming from. I, I find out uh, who these characters are. And that way, when I go to watch the movies, I can be a little bit snobby, uh, whether or not the character was represented faithfully from the comic book to the show or to the movie. But last week when I was talking about uh, the Suicide Squad, the remake, the reboot, the re-sequel, the reskinning by James Gunn, there was a character in there played by John Cena named Peacemaker. And I didn't have any idea who that character was. Uh, there was also a, a, a new Netflix show in development uh, called The Sandman. And I assumed it was a, a comic book character that was based off of the fairy tale, The Sandman, the, the character who manipulates dreams and puts people to sleep. But other than that, I had no idea what it was going to be or what it was going to be like. And so, uh, faithful Culture Jack listeners, I did a little research. And uh, I wanted to start off by telling you what Sandman is, what he's what he's all about. And um, so, from the wiki, uh, it's a comic book series, obviously. And it was written by Neil Gaiman and published by DC Comics. Now... Anthony can tell you that Neil Gaiman also wrote American Gods. Now, I haven't seen it, but Anthony has talked about it in spades. He has said that uh, American Gods is where the old gods, uh, Olymp not Olympus, that's the mountain, uh, Zeus, uh, Achilles, Ares, and all those, they are confronted by uh, new gods, uh, corporatism, the internet, media, uh, social media, maybe, I don't, I don't know exactly. I haven't seen the show, but it, it's a very interesting premise and a very interesting concept. And so why in this I'm name dropping Neil Gaiman is mostly for the pleasure of Anthony and to, to pique his interest a little bit. And maybe he'll be a little more excited about the writing chops, the bona fides that are behind this Netflix show that's coming out soon. Uh, it says beginning with issue number 47, it was placed under the vertigo imprint and it tells the story of dream of the endless. So dream is the, is the character and they rule over the world of dreams. And the original series ran uh, for 75 issues from January, 1989 to March, 1996. So the main character of uh, the Sandman is dream and he's also goes by the name of Morpheus and others. Um, he's one of the seven endless. And the other endless are destiny, death, 
desire, despair, and delirium, and destruction. And delirium was also called delight, and destruction was also called the prodigal. And the series is famous for Gaiman's trademark use of anthropomorphic personification of various metaphysical entities while also blending mythology and history in its horror setting within the DC universe. Boy, if that isn't a mouthful. Uh, it's a story about uh, stories and how Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams, is captured and subsequently learns that sometimes change is inevitable. Sandman was Vertigo's flagship title, and it's available as a series of 10 trade paperbacks, a recolored five-volume absolute hardcover edition with slipcase in a black and white annotated edition, and is also available for digital download. I'm going to talk a little bit about comic books that I'm reading and that I want to read here later on in the episode. Um, but just looking into this character, looking into this comic, I can tell you it has already made its way on onto my list. Uh, it was critically acclaimed. It was one of the first few graphic novels ever to be on the New York Times bestseller list, along with Mouse, Watchmen, and The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, I guess there's been other film and TV adaptations of Sandman, um, but they didn't do that great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gaiman in 2007 at San Diego Comic-Con said that he would rather see no Sandman movie than a bad Sandman movie. Um, and it looks like in 2013, Warner Brothers announced that David S. Goyer would be producing a film ad adaptation of the comic book series with Joseph Gordon-Levitt within its upcoming Vertigo film slate. Um, but Levitt dropped out in 2016, and, um, oh, that was after Eric Heisserer was brought on as screenwriter. And there's also been a full cast audio drama. But the premise sounds very cool, maybe a little bit heady, and one that maybe if they don't do it correctly could come off has a touch pretentious and there's nothing wrong with that I mean be a little pretentious if you want to be but uh, it uh, it sounds like a, a fun ride anyway the man is that a mark I'm doing that filming thing again by the way just so you can see my face if you'd like to you don't have to you can just listen to the audio podcast um the other character that I didn't know much about or didn't have too much of a good idea about was Peacemaker. Now, like I said last week, James Gunn is rebooting the Suicide Squad and his Suicide Squad has a cast of characters that unless you are a a very hardcore DC fan or someone who has followed the comics for a long time. A lot of these characters are not major brand recognized characters. They're kind of offshoots. They're kind of side characters and peacemaker surprise, surprise is one of those as well. So I took a few notes on these characters because not only did I not know about peacemaker, I didn't know, about a lot of the characters. And so I thought this could serve if one were so inclined to be served as such as a, a, a guide 
to the new Suicide Squad movie and the characters that you are going to be introduced in it. So Peacemaker, he originated in Charlton Comics before those comics and all the characters were sold to DC. And interestingly enough, if you have seen the movie The Watchmen or you read the Alan Moore comic book, he was the inspiration, this character was the inspiration for the character The Comedian in that run. Uh, it's, it's funny, a line, it says, um, he's a man who would do anything for peace, uh, even if he has to kill for it. So apparently there's quite the body count stacked up behind this peacemaker fellow. Um, and in my, in my reading about him, in my, my, my research, <laughs> he's a, um, he's had a lot of different origins. Like he's been rebooted several times. Um, at first he was a character who was dedicated to peace, but he, I mean, he took that to the extreme in his, his dedication to get there as well. Like he used nonviolent, non-lethal, lethal means. And that's changed because in other iterations, he became, uh, the son of a Nazi weapon maker. Um, and he's had ghosts of dead soldiers, um, talk to him through his helmet. And, um, he had the, I think it's the scarab of the blue beetle for a moment. And he had some of the powers of the blue beetle in, in DC lore. And then he was also at one point, the mentor to, uh, the third blue beetle His his powers are, he doesn't really have powers. Like he's got good hand to hand combat skills. He's a gymnast. He's a marksman. Um, he's a weapons maker and he's a pilot, but most of his, extraordinary abilities comes from his, his suit and he can manifest firebombs from his, his gloves and he, and he can eject a, a jet pack onto his body and he's got a Derringer, which I, I believe was showcased in that suicide squad trailer, other tools and explosives. And then one thing I thought was uh, interesting in the wiki when I was reading about him was he, he makes sure to carry shark sedatives with him. I don't know what the necessary uh, necessary use for a shark sedative aside from the sharks. I'm sure a shark sedative would work well on a on a person, on a criminal, on a thug, or I guess since he is an anti-hero, um, a villain, on a hero themselves. Uh, another character in the Suicide Squad team is a character named Savant, and. I'm starting to recognize there is almost a template for these villains, at least, you know, these, these sidekick, these D class villains who aren't really super villains, but they're more henchman level villains or one-offs or side story character villains. Uh, but Savant was the heir to a large fortune. And he was disowned by his father for his criminal activity as heirs to large fortunes are. I don't know what kinds of crimes. And then here is the, the fatal flaw. I'm just looking at the wiki. I, I'm not doing an ex I'm not going back and purchasing, you know, hundreds of back issues of DC comic books just to find the one or two appearances that these minor, minor characters have had in them. So the fatal flaw is I don't know what crimes 
savant has committed to be disowned by his father. But eventually he came to America to become a vigilante like, like Batman. And he went to save a, 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 a bunch of people that were in a burning building and he saved them. But then he was later criticized by Batman himself for being a wannabe vigilante. And even though his actions were right, his heart wasn't in the right place and he wasn't doing it for the right reasons, or he didn't care about the people that he wanted to save more of kind of a, he's looking for the acclaim. He's looking for the fame for the fortune. Um, and he, he does have telepathy, but beyond that, uh, he doesn't have any other, you know, he's got the generic supervillain agility or the generic superhero agility. It's, interesting when you talk about superheroes and they have a very they have a very generic power set they have super strength super speed um and even if it's not disclosed even if it's not um legitimately and uh intentionally talked about the characters all have a they can all heal very quickly they, I mean, they're just, they're very good athletes and they're very strong. They're very strong heroes as well. Uh, but other than that, he's just got the telepathy and I, I don't know how he's used it. And I don't know how it will be seen in the suicide squad. How well are these characters going to be adapted for the suicide squad? And maybe that's the reason that James Gunn picked these characters because they're basically blank canvases. I mean, he can do with them what he wants. I mean, it's possible. Uh, the next character is Javelin, and he's played by Flula Borg, who is a popular YouTuber. And so I thought when I saw the preview that he was, I, he was definitely going to be Polka Dot Man, but he's actually a character named Javelin, who in the comics began as a green lantern villain. He was hired to steal an aircraft engine by a congressman, but unfortunately this top grade aircraft engine was also at the same airbase in which uh, the green lantern worked or how Jordan worked at the time. And so green lantern went to stop him and then javelin learned which I just learned, which you're probably just learning now, uh, that Green Lantern can't affect things that are yellow. What? He, uh, so he, he painted the engine uh, that, no, he painted a rocket that he launched at an aircraft yellow, so Green Lantern couldn't affect it. And he also painted his entire suit and his entire arsenal yellow. So if you see versions of the character online or in comic books and he's yellow. That's why apparently it's a stopgap measure for the green lantern. He was part of an iteration of the suicide squad that was used uh, primarily for cannon fodder. And it's, it's funny, you know, James Gunn picks these characters for his version of the suicide squad movie, not only because he can further flesh them out without offending the tender sensibilities of comic book aficionados. But at the same time, they're expendable. They're not big name licensed. Well, I mean, they're all licensed, but they're not 
big name, uh, you know, show show stopping superheroes that he's going to have an effect or a really big effect on the universe if he kills them off. So he can kill them off too, and it's 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 win win. He can flesh them out. He can make them their own character. Maybe he can make. And I did read, and I think I said it last week, but Peacemaker and James Gunn have their own series coming out. So maybe they're not, maybe they're all going to get cast off on these other. No, surely a few of them will die. This is a big cast and James Gunn is not going to spare all of their lives. The next one is Polka Dot Man. And he was a, a minor villain against Batman, Robin and Nightwing. And I think I, I saw him in a couple of the old Batman animated series episodes, but he has a suit that's got dots all over it that he can pull devices out of. He, he can use them for transportation and teleportation and some dots. He can extract powers that he can use. Um, other than that, he has no other superpowers, um, but he's got a suit full of dots. He's the polka dot man. So it's fun to see in these superhero movies, because one of my main gripes about superhero movies and television shows is that they attempt to make the characters too grounded and granted they do fantastical things, but they tone down the expression in their outfits and their costumes and their suits. And they make their power sets have to be explained and they make the, them have to have reasons why they're wearing the costume. No, just slap them in the costume, the goofy ass polka dot costume in this case, and send them on their way. Make them be the fantastical creatures and the wonderful personalities that they are, are taken from, from the comic books. I mean, why not? Uh, Rat Catcher. Now, this one is Rat Catcher 2. The character in the James Gunn Suicide Squad is Ratcatcher 2. I couldn't find any information on Ratcatcher 2. And granted, I I didn't spend my life looking for this stuff. Like this was not uh, a, a dedicated, <laughs> prolonged search. But I found information about the original Ratcatcher. And I mean, if we're not all fans of the OG Ratcatcher anyway, am I right? So the original rat catcher his name is otis flanagan and he worked for the sanitation department as a rat catcher um and while he was doing his work he got involved in a street fight or he tried to break up a street fight and there was a fatality in the skirmish and well otis took the rap for it like he he went to jail for this um and it was during his imprisonment this is how, it, you know, just a good guy minding his business, getting into a little street fight and going to jail. And that's when the gears start turning. But it was during his imprisonment that he realized that the rats of the city were not the infestation. They were not the problem. But the citizens of Gotham City were the real infestation. And so he served out his time after uh, he was released for good behavior. He then went on a a spree where he captured and tortured city officials over the course of five years. And it went on for so long because no one could find this guy because he knew the sewers so well, because of course that was his job in the sanitation department was to know these sewers and catch these rats. 
So no one could find him until Batman, of course, being the world's greatest detective, uh, finally did. And he caught him and, and he went back to prison. But when he was in prison, he still had a little army of rats that he used to smuggle items and messages between the prisoners and the outside world. He even, at one point, helped Bane escape uh, from the prison as well. So, a, a minor character, but if the Ratcatcher 2 has any of the same inclinations as the original Ratcatcher, I don't, man, I wish I knew, like, is Ratcatcher 2 the child of the original Ratcatcher? Is Ratcatcher uh, 2 a copycat? with the same ability to control rats? I just don't know. I just don't know. Idris Elba is in the next Suicide Squad, and he's going to be playing a character named Bloodsport. Now, uh, Bloodsport was two people? Three people. I think there was a third Bloodsport. But the first Bloodsport was a man named Robert Dubois. <laughs> comic books are so strange because like you can have a outrageous character like the javelin who paints his entire arsenal yellow to combat the green lantern or uh, somebody like the polka dot man who has a, a suit made of polka dots that he uses as weapons or captain boomerang who throws boomerangs as weapons and have these really kooky weird characters who have these very generic origin stories and then you can have someone like Bloodsport uh, Robert Dubois who he draft dodged out of the Vietnam War he fled to Canada and when he did that his brother I believe it was Michael Dubois um, he took his place he said I'm Robert Dubois and he went off to the Vietnam War and when he did he eventually um he ended up in combat losing his arms and legs. He was a quadriplegic. And so Robert, overcome with guilt, went insane. And he became obsessed with the Vietnam War. And then Lex Luthor manipulated Robert and, and kind of took advantage of his fixation to convince him that he wanted to kill Superman. Now... Like I said, I'm getting the snippets of these. If you're interested in any of these stories, go find what arcs, what comics, and what places that these stories took place and check them out for yourself because there's some really interesting lore in DC. And they said that Marvel had all the drama. Get out of here, you. Get out of here. Um. So anyway, this guy goes to Metropolis. And he was, he was pissed off that the people of Metropolis were wasting the freedom that was so hard earned by his brother and in his insanity himself. Uh, and because he was so pissed, he decided to begin killing indiscriminately. And then he fought Superman and he used a uh, kryptonite needle gun to nearly kill Superman. Uh, so though a minor character, he uh, he almost killed Superman. But eventually was, Superman was saved by Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Jimmy Olsen held Bloodsport at gunpoint, so he couldn't kill Superman. And Superman uh, was eventually taken away, healed, came back, and beat um, 
beat Bloodsport with the help of Lex Luthor because Lex Luthor was not a big fan of him killing people indiscriminately either. And Lex Luthor is an interesting character. I, th- I think we would be well served in taking a deep dive into uh, Mr. Luthor's criminal uh, enterprise and history himself. Um, but Bloodsport threatened uh, to blow himself up and 10 square miles of Metropolis. And they got his brother, Michael. They wheeled him over and, they, and, and Michael convinced him not not to do it. Um, so one of his power sets and, and in, in my, my looking, I couldn't really find any definitive. Yes, this is his power set, but it, it sounds like he has the ability to teleport weapons like to, to, and from him. He's got like a warehouse full of weapons and he can teleport these weapons to him, and so he's got quite the arsenal on him at all times because he has the ability to teleport weapons to him. So they eventually put him away, uh, but there was a second blood sport uh, named Alex Trent. Now, Alex Trent was a member of the Aryan Brotherhood, and this particular sect of the Aryan Brotherhood was exposed. Um, they had a uh, secret genetics laboratory that they were they were doing testing on the DNA of um, innocent black men after they after they'd murdered them and they were doing this experimentation in order to create a super uh, man or super person and so both of these blood sports Robert Dubois Dubois and Alex Trent used teleportation technology um, to transport their weapons arsenals and eventually wound up in a boxing match with each other. Um, and then Trent killed Dubois uh, by transporting in his weapons. So, you know, I'm not a huge boxing fan, but I I don't think that's, you know, playing by the rules, really. Um, and then later a vigilante named uh, Demolitia has the transporter technology that the blood sports used. And then a... A thir- yeah, here it is. A third blood sport um, has teamed up with Hell Gramite and Riot. And there was no other information on this third blood sport. I assume that the one that is going to be in the Suicide Squad movie will be Robert Dubois um, as played by Idris Elba. Idris, yeah. Idris Elba. Why did I have a hard time with his name? I thought it was Alba for a second, but it is not. Uh, the next character is King Shark. King Shark, I've seen him before, like on the Flash TV show. And he's such a fun character. And King Shark in this new Suicide Squad movie, I think will be a... He will be a perfect apology to fans of the first movie who thought that uh, Killer Croc should have been a CG animated character because this King Shark will be a CG animated character. Whenever you have a character like the Hulk, like King Shark, like Killer Croc, some of these fantastical ones that need, they, they need to have a sense of imposition about them. They need to have um, just a foreboding mass that is not represented 
by real human physical proportions. They need to be big. They need to be larger than life. And they need uh, to be something that that I can believe exists in this comic book world. And so King Shark, his history, he was spawned from the shark god of the Pacific Ocean near the island of Hawaii. He was originally used as a villain for Superboy, but later... Uh, Once that series run had ended, he became a mentor to the Arthur Curry version of Aquaman. Uh, His name is Nano, the King Shark, and he was on a team called the Secret Six. Uh, He's fought demons, he's fought priests, and one of his greatest fears is being a vegetarian. Um, Like I said, I'm glad that he looks like he's going to be animated in this new Suicide Squad Hopefully, uh, they do the character do the character justice. Uh, like I said, he was on the Flash, but he was a minor character, didn't have a lot of lines, and I think it could be a really fun character to have uh, on the on the show and portrayed well. His adaptation uh, to this Suicide Squad movie feels to me like if you remember from X Men Two where they portrayed Colossus and what a dismal, horrible portrayal that was of Colossus. And then put that into comparison with the Colossus as showcased on the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie. And that I think is going to be the difference between the killer croc and King shark of the suicide squad movies. That's, that's what I think. Uh, another character is Mongol. She's an alien. She battled Superman. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> she took the crown of Almorak from Maxima, who I think is her brother. I'm not sure. And then she was decapitated by her brother during an argument because he felt that family was a weakness. Uh, the Thinker, is an, he's another Flash villain, and he was actually the season four villain on the... Um, television show the flash he was a lawyer but he failed he was not a good lawyer and but he was smart so he uh started bossing around street criminals and he developed a a thinking cap uh that gave him telekinesis and gave him mind control and just a reminder my cousin jesse says that every day that is not spent trying to move something with your mind is a day that you have then wasted. So uh, keep that under consideration, will you? Anyway, he was a founding member of the Injustice Society. He accepted a job with the Suicide Squad and had his throat ripped out by another character, Weasel, who is played by Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, in the new Suicide Squad movie. And we'll get to Weasel here in a second. He died from brain cancer um, that was caused by the thinking cap, um, by overuse of the thinking cap, I should say. But his thinking cap technology would go on later to create the AI thinker. Solsoria uh, in the comics, uh, it was a character named Juan Soria. And so in this version, they may have gender swapped the character. So now it's a female named Solsoria. Uh, but 
in the comics, it was a character who was infected by nanites and gave him the ability to manipulate uh, locks. Um, he was turned down for the Justice League, and because of that rejection, he was forced, sadly, into a life of crime, as um, the classic story is told. I I don't want to I don't want to get into it too much because it's a very sensitive topic for some people, but there's always a controversy when it comes to uh, gender swapping characters from any kind of media. And if, especially if it's a media that is um, beloved uh, gender swapping or uh, race swapping, as we saw in the uh, 2015 version of the fantastic four, when Michael B. Jordan played the human torch and for me, I don't have such a problem of it. Um, the same reason, like I said in my Disney Ruins remakes episode, I don't have a problem with remakes. Because a, a remake can't ruin the original show. They're not taking anything away from the original show. A remake can ruin a remake. But... As far as a character being represented by a different gender or a different race, if they do that character justice, it's just another interpretation of the character. In, in my opinion, it doesn't take away anything from that original character. It's a hot take, I know, and it's very controversial. I won't get into it uh, any more besides that, but just to say that, especially for a, a minor character like this, for me, it's not an issue at all. Um, <laughs> but the next character uh, is I take huge umbrage with. <laughs> I don't. It's Pete Davison is who's playing the 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 character Blackguard. And he uh, was just an ordinary criminal, but he was recruited by a organization called the 1000. He lost a fight with Booster Gold and then was set to be executed by the 1000 with Booster Gold. But he was, uh, he, he escaped. I can't remember who said, who it said he escaped with, but he escaped later and then joined the Suicide Squad and then he was killed during a coup by a character called the general. And I, it's fun to see these big names represented in a, in a comic book movie like Pete Davison, like Idris Elba, especially when they are playing characters who potentially could die in the first five minutes. Because of the expendable nature of the Suicide Squad. I mean, that's why the team was put together, right? It was put together because they were going to be sent on suicide missions. On missions that were too dirty for the government to get its hands on. Or for missions that had a very low chance of success. The next character is TDK. Played by Nathan Fillion. Um... The, the character's real name is Floyd Belkin, 
also known as TDK, also known as Arm Fall Off Boy. What? What is this character? It feels to me like back in, you know, the 60s, the 70s, when there were all, when, when comic books were in their golden age, people were just throwing ideas against the wall. I mean, this sounds like a character that I would have come up with in my youth. But this guy, he was rejected by the Legion of Superheroes. And so he too became a villain. Rejection is a very powerful uh, overarching story in the <laughs> in the whole scheme of villain origin stories. But he has self-dismemberment powers. Uh, he can detach his arm and use it as a weapon. And that's all they said in the wiki. However, I'm, I'm thinking big time. I know there was a game where you could detach a bunch of parts of your body and like your head roll around and you go spy something and send your body around. But like what other body parts can he detach? Can this, can this guy take off his genitalia? And what are the implications of that? Like, I mean, I guess that's a different comic book for a different time, but my God, James Gunn could really have a literal ball with this character. Speaking of James Gunn, his brother Sean Gunn, like I said, is playing a character named Weasel. Uh, the character's name is John Monroe. And in the comics, he was bullied at Stanford University back in the 60s. People called him Weasel. Um, they were very uh, demeaning, demoralizing, and, and brutal to this, this young man. So eventually, he became a university uh, teacher. <laughs> He didn't just become a, that's his power. He can become institutions. He, he can become buildings. He became a university teacher uh, where some of his bullies from back in his university days were also teachers. So he did like any sane person who was bullied when they were young and he dressed up as a weasel and began to murder them. <laughs> And he murdered three of his colleagues and he attempted to murder Dr. Martin Stein, who those of you who are a little bit familiar with maybe the flash television series or the, what is the other one where all the characters get together? The heroes of the multiverse. No, what is it called? Ash, it'll come to me, but, um, he was a character named firestorm. Uh, and so, Weasel tried to murder Firestorm twice and event was unsuccessful. And then Firestorm uh, helped capture him and send him to prison. And at some point I, I couldn't be made clear or I didn't find it in my search, but he actually mutated into a weasel. And if the footage that we've seen so far from James Gunn's movie is any indication, we're going to get that wonderful CG Sean Gunn as an actual weasel. And you got to think, poor Sean Gunn, man, this guy, like he's an actor, but he's not getting, well, I guess he was, he was, uh, the sidekick in guardians of the galaxy, but he was also the motion cap for uh, rocket, the raccoon in guardians of the galaxy. I guess he is getting screen time. He's doing very well as an actor. I don't know why I feel sorry for him. He's made so much more money than I have. Um, and in the comics, the weasel killed the thinker. And was then killed by Rick Flagg when Rick Flagg put on the thinking cap 
because the thinker's last thought was to kill the weasel. Don't ask me, man. I didn't write it. Speaking of Rick Flagg, he is the leader. He was in the last movie. This is so confusing to me because the last movie is not canon, but it also kind of is canon because Harley Quinn is moving over. Uh, Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney, I believe, is coming over. Uh, Rick Flagg is coming over. Joel Kinnaman, I want to say, is his name. Um, They're all coming over, but it's kind of like a soft reboot because it's set back in the 70s, the 60s. I'm not sure. Um, Very interesting movie timelines. But then again, DC is setting up their multiverse with the Flashpoint. So hopefully some of this stuff is colliding and it's going to give us a general or main continuity and then also we'll get, we're going to have uh, other sidelined or other multiverses as well. I'm very excited for that kind of stuff. Marvel's setting it up too with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I'm excited on all fronts, on all my comic book movie fronts. I'm going to get some weird dimension hopping nonsense and I love it. So Rick Flagg, back to him. He, uh, the Suicide Squad for this guy is kind of a family business. He, his dad ran the Suicide Squad and then, uh, Rick, Rick Flagg Jr. led the second incarnation of the group. So I don't know which one of these Rick Flags is going to appear in this movie. I would bet it's going to be Jr. because he sounds like he's got more of a storied history with the Suicide Squad. Um... In the comics, he failed a mission uh, in in pers- being pursued by a Yeti. Uh, one of the members of his team died, and another survived and was saved by the Chinese to become Koshichi the Deathless, an android, apparently. Um, Rick Flagg's girlfriend, while he was off gallivanting doing his missions, she secretly gave up their baby that he never knew that they were pregnant with. And he does not like working for the Suicide Squad. He does not like working with criminals and killers. And in the comics, he was killed in a nuclear explosion that he set off in a jihadi stronghold while he was on a mission. But hold on, he survived. Uh, Bronze Tiger rescued him from a Carsey prison after four years and it turns out that the person that they rescued wasn't Rick Flagg Jr. after all, but it was another soldier named Anthony Miller who was brainwashed into thinking that he was Rick Flagg. Um, and then in the comics, after Miller gets rid of the brainwashing, he stays on the team as Rick Flagg. So maybe it's that incarnation that we're going to be seeing in the movie. I'm not sure. And in the comic, he said something along the lines of there always needs to be a Rick flag on the suicide squad or something along those lines. Um, he, he, and then he gets like, he gets stuck in the black vault of the phantom zone after ensuring general Zod, you know, the superhero villain from the old superhero, hero movie, superhero, (laughs) Superman movies. Um, he's restrained in the phantom zone. And then eventually, Someone rescues him from the Phantom Zone as well. So even though these are like 
weird minor characters. They've had really big arcs with really big implications with really important heroes. So I, I think that's kind of cool. Your universe is so big, you can have a minor character with a major impact. Uh, Captain Boomerang, who was in the first Suicide Squad movie. I think it was 2016 when that came out. And by the way, I really like that Suicide Squad movie. Like, that was not a bad movie. The, the character's mission was a little bit overblown for what it was. Like, they shouldn't have been trying to save the world. They should have been doing the government's dirty work in some other fashion. There's heroes to save the world, please. They need to be uh, covertly uh, stopping a coup or starting a coup or something along those lines. They don't need to be saving the world. Secondly, I've already mentioned that Killer Croc needed to be animated. And thirdly, the relationship between the Joker and Harley Quinn seemed like it was just run into there due to the Joker's popularity. Actually, I'm sure that's why that was in the movie. Um, otherwise, I liked the movie. It was good. I thought Will Smith was great. I thought Margot Robbie did great. I thought it was a really fun, really fun movie. Uh, soundtrack was awesome as well. Anyway, Captain Boomerang, his name is George Harkness. And he's the son of an American serviceman and the cheeky little bastard uh, is the son of an Australian housewife. So this American serviceman, you know, got a little handsy with someone, someone else's wife over there. He was hated by his stepfather because his stepfather always suspected that he was not his own son. And so he honed his skills with boomerang and like anyone that hones their skills with a boomerang he's he turned to crime early on in his life and he robbed a, a store with a boomerang his stepfather threw him out because of this how disappointed he was but also he hated him already so no big deal and his mother bought him a ticket uh, to Central City in America to find his father uh, his father is now a toy magnate and so George auditioned to be the spokesman for a, a new toy line, and he became Captain Boomerang. Uh, and then not long after, he returned to crime. Or at least is what I could find. <laughs> I really I really want to fill in these gaps that I have. I know I'm filling in more than I did last week, so you're welcome. Don't get greedy, but I know I'm failing as well. Um, he is usually a Flash villain. And he's got different kinds of boomerangs. He's got spring boomerangs and exploding boomerangs. And he's got razor boomerangs. Um, but it, his big shtick is he's a boomerang boy. Uh, and then in in that, I talked about it last week in the Suicide, Suicide Squad game that's coming out from Rocksteady. Uh, it looks like his boomerangs can teleport him. So I don't know if that is a power that's canon or if that is a power that they are uh, just kind of taking license with and saying we're making this a power for him for this game. And then the last uh, villain or anti-hero on the team is arguably the most popular. That's Harley Quinn. And I know most of you know Harley Quinn from her Suicide Squad appearance, but maybe you don't know the comic book lore behind her. Uh, her real name is Harleen Quinzel. How cute. 
uh, she studied psychology, but she 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 found it was really dull and uninteresting, and so she tricked her way into college. She had these crazy theories about love, that love or being in love was similar to being a criminal. And she put on this weird test with one of her boyfriends, her, her boyfriend named Guy, where she had him, uh, she like convinced him that someone was dead and then he saw them and then she convinced him to murder that person. And then he wanted to kill himself, but he couldn't bring himself to do it. So he asked her to kill him. And so she did. And then she made it look like a suicide. Uh, so really messed up already. Uh, Harleen is on the wrong path. I mean, if she was on the right, if every one of these characters was on the right path, we wouldn't have any interesting villains or in some cases, non-interesting villains. We just wouldn't have villains. They'd go on the right path. They do the right thing and they become a hero and they use their intelligence and their agility and their power and their speed and their strength for uh, the greater good. And then these comics would not be interesting. There would be no drama between them. Anyway, after that, she hears about the Joker and she feels a weird connection to the Joker. So she goes and gets a job at Arkham Asylum where she demands to speak to the Joker and helps him escape several times. The relationship between Harley Quinn and the Joker is... It's an analogy to a, an abusive relationship. He does not treat her kindly yet she fawns over him and forgives him time and time again. And there are runs of the character in the comics where she gets fed up with him and she leaves him or she shoots him, or she kills him, she hurts him, she goes. There's also iterations of the comic or of the character where he gets fed up with her and he kicks her to the curb as well. So uh, the generic idea of the relationship is not a healthy relationship. Um, and that relationship, like I said, was attempted to be crammed into the Suicide Squad movie, the 2016 one, but it proved to be too much and they did not do a good job representing it to the detriment of the rest of the movie as well. Uh, and this character, uh, Harley Quinn was one of the few characters that was not originally created in the comics but originally created in an offshoot of the comics in the Batman animated television show. So that's pretty cool. I think <laughs> she's a very popular character. Um, she's oftentimes uh, cosplayed and displayed and depicted in fan art. I know there's people in my immediate uh, friend and family circle who just adore Harley Quinn. I'm one of them. I mean, she's a great character. She's a fun character. She's got that New York accent, Mr. Mr. J. Uh, I don't know if that was a, this New Jersey, maybe New York. I don't know. Anyway, she's a, she's a fun character and she, um, <clears throat> at long last rounds out, uh, my, I guess, glossary, my encyclopedic, uh, rehearsal or 
regurgitation of these characters and their backstories to you. So now when you go into the Suicide Squad movie, if you have sat through all of this, you will have at least a good base understanding of the characters that are going to be portrayed in that movie. Now, I was going to also talk a little bit about my history with comics, how I'm attempting to get back into comics, and uh, the the comics that I'm currently reading and want to read right now, and what draws me to comics, and, and where I think the comic genre is so successful where other mediums fail. However, it's been 50 minutes. My voice is hoarse, and <laughs> I've just got done talking about an entire roster of Suicide Squad characters that I didn't think I'd be going into such depth about. But now you know who the Peacemaker is. And now you know who the Sandman is. And hopefully, you're a little more excited about both of those properties. So that's where I'm going to end the show today. Be sure to like the podcast where you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, We are putting up these promos on YouTube and Facebook now, so check those out as well. Stay tuned for another episode of Monday Madness after the weekend. He started out your week this week. I ended it, and he's going to start your week again next week. So stay tuned for Anthony and Monday Madness. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week.